Welcome to the Slay the Giant podcast. In this podcast, you will learn, you will grow, you will laugh. This podcast will transform and change your life. Get ready to slay your giants and conquer your fears. Slay the Giant podcast is here for you. So listen up and learn. Let's go. Hey, fam. This is Ashley Ramsey of Slay the Giant Podcast, and I am so happy that we have an opportunity to chat again since our last conversation. Uh, Things have been good, but I have some things I want to share with you. I believe the Lord is guiding me into some serious and deep conversation about the call of God and the assignment that he's calling you to and some of the things that he's just been speaking to me about. So before we get into that, I like the way we started our last podcast, which was taking a time out to just say a prayer. So let's pause and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We praise you for this day. We honor you for what you have done and what you're about to do. God, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for the listener. We pray that you would give them the ability to hear what they need to hear for the season that they are currently in. I pray that every word that is said would be said to your glory and honor. And I pray that you would be praised and glorified throughout this time. Jesus, then we pray. Amen. So again, welcome back. And I just want to have a very candid, raw conversation um, about the cost of the call on your life, the assignment. And for those of you who are not familiar uh, with this terminology, this is just what it takes for you to be all that God has called you to be. You know, what does it take for you to walk out the plan of God in the way that he wants you to walk it out? I had a conversation earlier in this week and the conversation kind of led into um, a deeper conversation, not just about us as Christians or non-believers even, but it just, uh, you know, shed light on the way society sees life as a whole. And one of the things that came up in that conversation was the fact that in life, we don't want to suffer. No one wants to deal with you know, pain and no one wants to deal with the heartache or rejection or being abused or having something said about you or dealing with uh, anxiety or, you know, all of these other struggles that life brings. Not understanding that those struggles is what builds you up in the faith, what builds you up as a person. When you can go through a very difficult circumstance especially when you're in God and you recognize that it wasn't your own strength and your ability that got you through it, but it was the help of the Lord. It builds your faith. It makes you persevere. It makes you want to grow in God. It makes you want to know him in a more deeper way because you say, you know, if the Lord was able to bring me out of this situation and this storm, you know, I know that he's able to continue. And In the struggle, we recognize that sometimes God does bring you out. Sometimes he makes a way out of no way and he pulls you out of that thing or whatever you're you're facing with, whether it's difficulty in your marriage, maybe he'll heal the marriage, or maybe sometimes it's it's something challenging with your children's school or whether it's a political agenda that you're really 
praying about or whether it's something in your community or something personal in your body that's happening that you don't have control over, whatever your struggle is, understand this, two things are going to happen. Either one, God is going to pull you out of it, or two, God is going to carry you through it. You see, Paul and Silas were in a prison, and the Bible says that they were in an inner prison, which was the coldest place in the prison, which, you know, normally is a damp place. It's, it's a place where it's, it's almost impossible to get out. Um, it is the place where you're kind of like in the center of, you know, being stuck. And so in the spiritual as well as in the natural, we understand that when you're in a prison, it seems hopeless. It seems like there's no way out of it. But what God did was he brought his presence to the prison. And yes, their bands were loose and they were able to be free and the gates were open through the power of God and their praise. But in the middle of the situation, God was present. And we have to recognize that in this life, the cost of what's on your life, the cost of the anointing, the cost of the grace that's on your life, whether you're a preacher, whether you are um, a, a great leader on your in your job, or whether you're called to lead a group of people, or whether you are a parishioner or a member or a servant of God, whatever your role is, you're on assignment to do that thing well, but there is a cost to it. And yes, you are going to have to suffer persecution. You know, one of the challenges uh, of the believer is uh, accepting that although you are saved and you are delivered and redeemed and God has brought you back, sometimes you are going to have to deal with things that are not favorable. Sometimes you are going to have to deal with things that aren't comfortable, that don't make you happy in the moment. But recognize this, that when you have God, you have everything. I preached that this morning at Rehoboth when I was describing the life of Moses, who was a leader, who sought God in every way for all of the direction. And he was leading a group of people who were rebellious, who were stubborn. The Bible says that they were stiff-necked, um, that they didn't want to move in the direction that he was leading him, leading them. And he recognized that because of the type of people he was dealing with, he needed a different level of grace. And at one point, God said, I'm going to remove my hand and you're going to be on your own. I'm going to send the angel. I'm not going anymore. He was a pillar. Jesus was a pillar of fire by day and a cloud by night. But no, he said, no longer am I going to tarry with you. I am going to send something else. And Moses said, no, I, I, I can't accept a substitute for your presence. I need your glory. And he said, please show me your glory. And that's where we have to be, where no matter what comes, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're in the midst of and dealing with, we say, Lord, show us your glory. It's not about the things that we get. It's not about the things that come along with life. And those things are beautiful. The Bible says, if you seek first the kingdom, all of these things will be added to you. So when we put him first, everything else comes with it. And when we run after the glory, when we seek after the glory, everything we desire Everything we want comes with that seeking of the glory, but it can't be that we're seeking him for the things. We have to seek him simply because he is good and he is God and he's loving and he's caring and he's kind and he's wonderful and he's omnipotent and he's all of these wonderful characteristics. We simply serve him because he loves us and he cares for us and he wants the best for us, but recognize this, that you are going to struggle. You are going to have things that you don't 
feel is fair. You're going to deal with adversity. You're going to see people who are believers and saints of God go through things that you don't think is fair. However, recognize that the testimony that is being built, the testimony that is happening through this is even greater, hallelujah, than anything that you could ask, think, or imagine. What God is doing is so much bigger than what you uh, could have fathomed and created on your own. Let me tell you, people of God, what I have learned is that because I have dealt with certain things and been through certain things, my perseverance and endurance has, has gone to another level. So when things do come, when things do arise, which they will, they are going to come. There's a level of peace that comes upon me because now I know when God is getting ready to do something great, the enemy tries to manifest himself in an opposition, in a detour, in a distraction, in a hindrance. He tries to block what God is really trying to do. A lot of times on the other side of our adversity is the biggest blessing we could ever imagine. But because we can't see it in the moment, we miss it. You know, Moses knew that there was something on the other side, but people didn't know. Moses knew that the promised land was on the other side, but he knew that he couldn't take them there without the presence of the Lord. And let me tell you, don't go anywhere, any place. Some of you have been called to boardrooms. Some of you have been called to political systems. Some of you have been called to rooms, and some of you have been called to private rooms to pray for people. Some of you have, God is calling you to speak into somebody's life on your job. However it is, wherever he's calling you, know that that's an assignment and it's a holy calling, and you have to walk in it. My points today were, number one, that God is calling us to be holy. God is calling us to be righteous and set apart. God is calling us to be hidden in him, hiding under under the mantle of what is what he's calling us to do, hiding under or hiding behind the cross. Um, and then God is also calling us to be hungry for him. Hallelujah. We have to be hungry and we have to thirst for the things of God. Um, I believe that this is the time that we have to get focused back on what he's calling us to do. You know, success in the world means so many things. A lot of times, you know, successful people, we see them driving a certain car or living in a certain house or having a certain platform or having the influence that we see and we think, oh my goodness, they're so great. They're so awesome. And this is happening for them. And all of this stuff is great for them. But recognize this, that Success in the moment doesn't feel like success. So you may feel you may be successful, but not feel successful. You may be um, in a moment where you are having so many great things happen for you, but it doesn't feel successful. Sometimes success feels like long nights and hardships and pain and tears. Sometimes success feels like you know you trying to make a decision and you know, God telling you to go one way, but you feel like, man, this would really put me in this position. And God says, no, I am trying to do something different. Sometimes even in success, God has to pull you back to push you forward. And so you have to recognize that even in those times where you're frustrated or you're not sure of the vision where God is leading you, know that he has assigned you with a purpose and a call for your life. Know that his plans are so much greater than what you can imagine or think. I have read several books regarding this time, you know, that happens in the life of many believers. And one book that kind of sticks out to me is The God Chasers. And I'm sure many of you have heard of Tom Tenney, who has a powerful ministry and um, has written so many God Chasers books. But I love his quote where he says, I want God to break out somewhere in my lifetime so that in 
the future, my children can say, I was there. I know it's true. God has no grandchildren. Each generation must experience his presence. Recitation was never meant to take the place of the visitation. So sometimes we can become mechanical in our worship, mechanical in our relationship, where it's like Monday we do this, Tuesday we do this, Wednesday we do this. Or even when you think about church and we have a program and there's certain things that we have to put in order. However, we have to make sure that we allow the presence of God to rule and reign and have its own way and not become so mechanical and recognize that whatever God is doing, he's doing it with his power, with his might, and we have to let him flow in the way he wants to flow and not get in the way of what he is doing. Another quote I like from this same book, it says, I used to pursue preaching good sermons. And boy, oh boy, preachers, you know what I'm talking about, the pressure to preach a good sermon. And he pursued great crowds and attempted great accomplishments for him, capital H. But I've been ruined. Now I'm a God chaser. Nothing else matters anymore. I tell you that as your brother in Christ, I love you, but I love him more. I couldn't care less about what other people or ministers think about me. I'm going after God. That's not a pride thing. It's a hunger thing. When you pursue God with all your heart, soul, and body, he will turn to meet you and you will come out of it ruined for the world. Let me tell you something. When you're a God chaser, you know, you're not worried about all of these things that the world, even in the Christian world, that they say is successful. You know, you go into a church and you know, um, you consider, you know, large attendance or, uh, you know, great, you know, lighting in the church or, you know, they have a great media ministry. Oh, that means that they are, you know, a church on the move. And, and God is saying, I want you to recognize that the church that seeks me is a God church a God-chasing church or a, a, a church that's seeking me for the glory and not for my things or the things I can give them. And that's where God wants us. He wants our heart to be postured towards him, towards the things of God, not towards the world anymore. We have been, you know, caught up in the world's way of doing things. And God is saying, like he said to Israel, turn your heart back to me. I have a land filled with milk and honey. I have the promises that I have given to your forefathers. And if you want to experience that, you have to believe me for the supernatural. And the only way you're going to do that is to trust me. Stand firm on your word. Stand firm on my word and believe me for what I am going to do. You know, I love that Moses didn't pray a selfish prayer even though he was in a situation where he really needed God. You know, he didn't pray for God to strengthen his bones or for more people so that he can direct them in the right path or, you know, for more tents so that they had adequate housing or more food because they needed food and so many people. But Moses prayed a prayer that said, Lord, show me yourself. Show me who you are. Show up in this situation like I've never experienced you before. And we need to humble ourselves in that way to say, Lord, Show us your glory. Show us your power. Show us your might. Show us your glory. And, and we, in order for us to experience that, we have to make the main thing the main thing and really focus on the presence and the power of God. The Bible says in Isaiah 60, verse 1, it says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. Are you going after the glory or the things of the world? Are you uh, allowing things to interfere with your relationship with death, with, 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 with Jesus? Are you, or, or are you willing to die to the things that are a hindrance? The Bible says, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can stop my pursuit of him. Nothing will stop what God wants to do in my life. And I hope that the same is your testimony. I want to encourage you today. Go with God, follow the glory, and the cost is worth it. Whatever you have to go through in order for God to use you is so worth it because what he wants to do is so much bigger than what you can see, think, or imagine. I'm a living testimony of that. You know, this week I had an opportunity to do something great that I thought was a part of the plan of God for this season. And God reminded me that what he had called me to was king, a kingdom agenda right now. And I need to focus on that. And as much as I was heartbroken, I knew that God was telling me that other opportunities will come. But sometimes God shuts the door to open up a brand new one. And sometimes God shuts the door so that we can focus on what he's really called us to do. So today, wherever you find yourself, don't allow the enemy to block you and stop you. Move forward into the things of God. God bless you today. I love you. And I pray that you have a great week and you go with God and allow the presence of God to follow you everywhere you go. Have a great week and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Slay the Giant podcast. I know that you've been blessed. Maybe you've cried, laughed, or you've learned something. Whichever way, thank you for joining us today. I pray that as you go throughout your week, you'll meditate on what you've heard and you'll grow and continue to learn. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please go to slaythegiantpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to my website at www.allramsey.org. Thank you, and until next time, be blessed.